She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. The dog was the mayor. Maybe there's a set of lesbian moms who are pissed off about their taxes. They fucking a limousine, so. I am here for the hair pulling ass smacking hot dirty sex. There should be large penises that are inexplicably large. I'm waffling. I am genuinely waffling. It's not always the editor that's the problem. Editing by Thomas Watkins. Well, uh, you're not Molly. <laughs> Again, it's Nurse Katie. <laughs> Honorary book bestie Nurse Katie is here. Yes. Um, because Molly is uh, having some health issues right now. And I basically texted Katie and was like, I have to film in like three days. Can you read a book for me? <laughs> and I said, yes, I can. Let me make sure my I, local yes. library has it. And they did support local libraries. And yes. here we are. Yeah. Yay. Um, yes, please support local libraries. Keeps me yes. employed. <laughs> And it gives me somewhere to pawn my kids off for, not that I'm that mom. I'm not that mom. And I wasn't that mom <laughs> when they were little. Like, the children's library to me is like, fuck you. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, now that they're older, like I can go to my section and they can go to their section. Like I was the good mom. I picked up all the toys. Yeah. We sang the cleanup song. Like I was the good mom when my kids were little. Like I don't pull it. It does shit. not matter the number of signs that I set up. They will not clean them up for themselves. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. ridiculous that's not and cool. i've had to like stop people from changing diapers in the play area i'm like oh. we have a changing table it's just like right there like you gotta you can't you just that's go in disgusting. there disgusting it's a it's a health issue you know yeah. so um oh i'm wearing my neurodiversity shirt today i love it i love it this the month of april is autism acceptance month we are mm-hmm. very aware it exists. <laughs> so we no longer need to be aware of it. Yes, we are learning um, quite a bit about neurodiversion in our house as well. So I have on my uh, hashtag nurse life. Nice. Shirt. So nice. <laughs> this one of my uh, nurse managers got it for me for Nurses Week like a couple years ago. It's one of those like ridiculously soft gray t-shirts that I wear all the time. This is yeah. so soft. I got it on Etsy and it's so soft. Yeah. You find those t-shirts that you're like, I'm just going to live in this one till it falls mm-hmm. apart. So, yeah. Well, everyone in this house, everyone of the Watkinses has some sort of neurodivergence. Well, I mean, Sam isn't like diagnosed with anything yet, but I, I, I kind of think he might be ADHD. Yeah. One day we drove home from um, buying Pokemon cards and it was just the two of us in the car and it takes about little over 30 minutes to get home from where we were and he mm-hmm. didn't stop talking the entire time <laughs> he answered the questions that he asked me yeah. himself and yeah. then just kept talking and i was just like brah i'm exhausted right <laughs> take now take a breath take a breath <laughs> so but i uh saw this really fabulous um she's local to my area in coastal virginia um, autism advocate who's written a few books and both of her sons are on the spectrum. And, um, she did a presentation at my library last month because mm-hmm. March is national developmental disability awareness month, which is like a mouthful, yeah. but, um, we did all sorts of things to support, um, 
disabilities, both visible and invisible. Yeah. And she came and spoke and um, she was talking about like stemming and mm-hmm. how important it is for people on the spectrum to just be allowed to stem. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to James about it because it's only been the school year that we've really used the word autism with him. Mm-hmm. Like he's, it was diagnosed with autism when he was seven, mm-hmm. but we knew he had some sort of neurodivergence like long before that. Um, but this year was the first year we were really like autism. This is what mm-hmm. it is. This is why, this is what it means that you're different and yeah. um, it's totally fine. Um, but we, I talked to him about stemming. He was like, so when I start like jumping up and down and doing, which he does a lot, yeah. makes this noise. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, that's okay. That's system, yeah. That's why we made sure to get accommodations for him where he gets one-on-one testing. Mm-hmm. So he can do whatever he needs to do to make his body feel comfortable to take those tests. Yeah. Because so. if his body is fighting his brain, there is not mm-hmm. going to be anything productive except 100%. an argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. And I've noticed Sam Sam doing some stemming type stuff recently. And I don't think what is going on with him is autism. I really think it's ADHD, though they have some, you know, similarities and crossovers. Um, But uh, his teacher keeps telling me in the classroom, he's like a normal six-year-old. And I'm like, okay. Then he saves all his energy for home. (laughs) We always say that normal is a setting on the dryer. It is not anything to do with your brain waves and how you function as a person. It is how you dry clothes. So, yeah. Well, and now that we have this umbrella of neurodiversity, I just feel like almost everything fits under it. And I just don't feel like there are people that exist that are neurotypical. Yeah. They just don't have a label. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because really everything fits under it. So I have an anxiety disorder and I talk about that a lot on here. And I have OCD as part of my anxiety disorder, um, which is why my job, like it feeds that. Like everything Mm -hmm. is in its place and it has a Mm -hmm. system of organization. um, And that is a neurodivergence. Um, So I am neurodivergent too. But anyway, I love the shirt and the woman who spoke, she was really great. I'll put a link below to her information because not only is she local, but if you are not in coastal Virginia, as most of our listeners are not, um, she actually has a podcast as well. Nice. So, which is really Does cool. The, do the flowers on your shirt mean something or is it just cute flowers? Um, so they're in the rainbow colors. Yeah, I got which, that. But um, like the, the actual flower, is there any reason for no, it? No. So, oh, okay. So each of these are like colors that those particular flowers would be. But um, the rainbow is now the representation for the spectrum. For those of you that do not know, Katie might because she works in healthcare, but um, people that are autistic, first of all, a lot of people that are autistic prefer to be called autistic people and not use people first language. I'm letting James use whatever he wants to use. Um, Side note, the other day he said, something about being autistic. And I was like, how do you feel about that? He was like, I'm fine with it. I, I've Good. accepted it. It's who I Good. am. And I'm like, yeah. I cried a little bit. It's a lot of insight. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they no longer like the puzzle piece because they're mm-hmm. not puzzles to be figured mm-hmm. out. And I actually have another shirt coming that says people, not puzzles and has an infinity yeah. symbol that's in rainbow. But the rainbow is now um, something that uh, autism has adopted because that's a spectrum. The mm-hmm. all light spectrum split mm-hmm. is a rainbow, yep. um, 
which I had to explain to my husband because I brought him home a sticker that had a frog on it that said, I'm doing my best and was holding a heart that had, um, was rainbow colored. And he was uh-huh. like, that's not autism. That's LGBTQ. I was like, no, maybe it isn't. <laughs> I promise you. Yes, but no. Yes, but no. Yes, but not in this case. (laughs) I hear you, but that's not exactly what I was after. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so hey, um, the end of this month, April 29th, we are going to the Annapolis Book Festival and you are coming with us. I know. I'm so excited. I have my hotel booked and I was like making my Yelp pages because I have to eat a donut in all 50 states. So I had to find my one for Maryland. I forgot that was a goal for you. Yeah. I had to do that and then I've also like really wanted like actual seafood because I live in Ohio Mm -hmm. so we don't get seafood um so I was like I have to have crab cakes while I'm in Maryland Mm -hmm. so I was like doing all that yeah I'm super excited and I've been reading books too like I read one of the authors and read, working on a second one and yeah so I'm excited I was going to show off the books but I'm banking on you having um some good eating suggestions because I love eating local when I go Mm -hmm. places like I don't want to eat chain restaurants because Same. I can do that at home. Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this interesting uh, trivia for our uh, listeners, um, Molly and Katie have never actually met in person. Yep. <laughs> so they are going to meet in person for the first time at the end of this month. And that's just crazy to me because the other fun trivia is we haven't actually seen each other in person since high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 23 uh, we graduated, years. Uh, <laughs> Just a minute ago. Yeah. So this is when I'm, these are some of our authors. We're actually going to be interviewing six authors at um the, po- uh, the con. So jealous. So um, jealous. At the festival. Uh, you keep saying that, but like you'll be there. You can meet them no, too. No, but you get to like swoon and chat with them. And I just get to fangirl and be like, I like your book. Okay. <laughs> so. if, you wanna, if you don't think that I won't feel fangirl over them, then you don't know me at all. Um, um I actually had interesting fact. I, we had a PR rep from another author reach out to us and ask us if we could interview. So them. cool! That is so cool. I like yeah, just so- am so proud of you guys for that. Oh, and I'm like, you. oh, they're like big girl podcasters, and I'm just a teeny little smidgen of it. And I'm so excited for you guys. And just like, maybe <laughs> if someone were paying us, then I would feel like we were big girl podcasters. No. But we are still hashtag not sponsored. It's all right. It's all good. Um, but I am actually going to be doing like a bonus episode with that author that I'm interviewing her in a couple of weeks. Fine. And that one's not going to be an MP3. It'll only be in video on our socials. But um, so I'm currently reading this one. This is The Christie Affair by Nina DeGromant, I think is how you say her name. I probably need to figure that out before we interview her. But this is a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. And yeah. this is the one I'm reading right now. And this book is fucking trippy. Like, I yeah. text historical fiction. Yeah, it's um the it's told from the point of view of Agatha Christie's husband's mistress. And it's about oh. the time that she went missing. The 11 days oh, that Agatha Christie went missing that like nobody ever knew what happened to her. Uh-huh. So she is telling what actually happened. Um it's clever. Um we all know I don't really like historical fiction, Same. but it's really like there's a lot of elements to it that it's like reading an Agatha Christie novel. Oh, okay. So um, anyway, uh, this one, Nikki Payne, Pride and Protest is her only book right now, but she has a new one that will be out in the fall. Um, this book was so motherfucking good. Yeah. Um, Pride and, uh, Pride and, uh, Prejudice retelling with spice in it. 
beautiful. See, I'm very let's, excited to meet let's go back to this. Go back to this one because it's on my. I'm waffling. I am genuinely waffling. One, mm -hmm. because I used to work with a nurse practitioner named Nikki Allen Payne. So mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time, you know, bridging the two of those. That there's somebody else in the world named Nikki Payne. And then two, I hate, I hate Pride and Prejudice. It's so, never been one that I've been like, oh, I love it. And so that's, I'm fighting on that one. I'm fighting like, do I, don't I, do I, don't I? So, so. I, fun fact about me, I was an English major, but I pride myself on books that are classics that I've never read, and I've never read Pride and Prejudice. Ugh. I have seen the movie that Keira yeah. Knightley did, and I have seen the miniseries that um, Colin Firth did, which, oh my yeah. gosh. Woo. Um, but him, like, in that, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so I haven't actually read uh, Pride and Prejudice. But I really like this retelling and um, I don't want to give too much away, but one of the things I like is that there's a lot of like um, gentrification happening from mm. a really rich uh, company, which mm -hmm. this is the guy who runs the company and it's happening in her neighborhood and she's African-American. And you would think that given like today's like political climate that mm -hmm. the adversary, you know, enemies to lovers would be white. But he's mm -hmm. actually, um, he's Asian, born oh. in, I cannot remember which country, but adopted by a really wealthy white family. Hmm. And so there's other layers here that you don't get from um, Pride and Prejudice that I hmm. thought really modernized it. And plus, they fuck in a limousine. So <laughs> I am here for the hair pull and ass mech and hot dirty sex. So it's <laughs> about it. <laughs> And dragons. <laughs> and dragons. And dragons. Especially if their dragons are in a book. Yes. <laughs> With that. 10, 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> so Susan Cole is another one we're going to be interviewing. This is her newest book, Bush, Bookish People, which is the one that I read. Um, but she wrote a book called Acceptance that was made in a TV movie that starred yes. Joan Cusack. Yeah. So that's Heard about that cool. one. Yeah. Um. Wild Oak by C.C. Harrington. I am so excited to meet her. She's actually a teacher at the school that's hosting the event. Really? And this is her first book, and it has won so many awards. An Good ALA award, a Kirkus award. Uh, Audible gave it uh, a children's book award for uh, best narration, and the audiobook was fantastic. I really liked it. Um, we actually just picked this. It's going to be one of our Battle of the Books books for next year because I was Fun. like, this book is so good. We have to read it. We need to make kids read it. So Yes. Um, and uh, Anthony Mara, Mercury Pictures Presents, this is a library copy. Um, he is the keynote for the event. And this is the one that I read. But you are reading another one by him? Yes. A Constellation of Vital Pieces. Getting and I into think, it. Yeah. I think that one, um, well, he's been long listed for National Book Award. And I think that that might be the book that it was for. So uh, Mercury Pictures Presents is his newest one. Yeah. And then I saved this one for last because I know we both loved it so much. Yes. The War Librarian by Addison Armstrong. Um, I, I just want to hug that her. book. Oh, I love that. I just, oh, she's so good. So I want to fangirl over her because I found a historical fiction novel that I can get on board with. Yes. Because, because it's so well researched. I mean, so it's good. so well researched. Her and you other read her other too. book too, right? Yes. The Light of Luna Park. So like when 
we were talking about him first, I was like, oh, I'll read that one because it's about nurses. And then I was like, wait a second. I literally remember in women's health because I hate women's health. Um, it's like I hated labor and delivery in nursing school. I hated being a patient. Not my jam. You don't right? like the kids either. <laughs> I don't like the kids. Yeah. But I remember the lecture that we had because the mother baby woman that we had, her name was Mrs. Seiler. She was a NICU. She had been a NICU nurse for like 20 years. So she, I remember her showing us the pictures of Coney Island and the babies at Luna Park. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. So it was, but Luna Park was really good. But I think I liked War Librarian better, like the stories in War Librarian. But so good. So good. Just, so and good. just one of those that I could like turn off my brain. And like forget mm -hmm. where I was and just be completely in the world that she created. And it was so good. Yeah. I learned things about the history of my profession as a librarian that I didn't know. I, I didn't realize that ALA had supported wartime efforts and that yeah. they were like actually overseas. And um, I mean, it's a little self-righteous of us librarians to be like, we're going to save Pete. <laughs> we're going to make peace for people by giving them books. That's a little self Listen, like, Yeah. But, but it's really cool that they did that. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to talk to her about it because we had the authors fill out like a questionnaire of like, what yeah. are some things you want to talk about? And she wanted to talk about the war librarian and she put in like quote or um, parentheses that it's also timely because book banning is such on the rise yes. right now. And that's yes. a big part of that book. And I'm so excited to talk to her about that because she's actually an elementary school teacher. Yes. That's her I day job. I found that on her Instagram. I was like, oh, she had pictures with Pigeon. Yeah. And I was yes. like, oh, Mr. <laughs> Mo is my favorite. So um, anyway, so uh, I'm excited to meet her because I want to talk to her about this history and how she came about it and talk yeah. about that book banning yeah. and like how we're seeing this happen again. So I'm yeah, a little, for sure, for sure. I'm a little, uh, coffee today. Um, you're all right. It's the, anyone that lives in coastal Virginia, you can attest to the fact that we have the worst pollen. My allergies have never been this bad before. I've had allergies everywhere I've lived. I've had issues with it. I didn't have issues in England mostly because it just rained like the whole time I was there, but Virginia yeah. is the worst. It's really bad here. Do you eat local honey? So I did last year and I had a better time of it, but because of my sugar issues, I didn't want to just eat any oh, yeah. spoon. Reasonable. <laughs> but you had told Pure me to try that liquid, last year yeah. and I was like, I, I just don't think that's a good idea for this year because. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not do that with your glucose. Yeah. My sugar levels have been good, but I still don't want to <laughs> risk it. Um, all right. Don't jack it up. Just take some Claritin, boo-boo. <laughs> this is the plan. Um, okay, so we are going to talk about this book today, um, The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. I did look up how you say her name. She has it on her website. It's Poston, like Post-It, but with an O-N. Um, I picked this book because I have read her series, Once Upon a Con, which is a YA mm -hmm. series, which is a fabulous YA series. It's also very inclusive. There's LGBTQ characters. Yeah. There's characters of color. Um, it's a really good, like, geeky romance um, series. How many books is it? Three. So the first Three. one is Geekarella, which is Cinderella. Um, oh, I've heard of Geekarella. Oh, it's really I didn't good. Realize. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I read that one in a day. Like, we were on vacation, and I yeah. just started it and read the whole thing. Um, then the second one is... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, like the Prince and the Pauper kind of story. Oh, okay. Like 
a, a girl, a fan switches roles with the starlet because they sort of look alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is a Beauty and the Beast retelling, and I actually haven't read that one yet, even though that's my favorite okay. Disney story. But um, anyway, yeah. so when I saw her name on a book, and I thought this cover looked cool, and I don't mm-hmm. love paranormal romance. I mean, you know, Twilight up there. I love Twilight. And I've read a lot of paranormal romance that I do like, but it isn't my go-to. I've never read a ghost romance, so I was like a little, "Mm, what's it going to be like? Mm -hmm. But I definitely thought this book would be something different than it was. So, how about a synopsis? I've never... Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I've never read paranormal romance. I didn't even know, like, it was a thing until I picked up this book, and then I had to, like, read about what paranormal romance was and i was like oh there literally is a peg for every hole in this literary world but you read twilight (laughs) see and i didn't think of that as like paranormal i don't know like vampires like that's just i don't know it didn't register that that was paranormal yeah and i've read i guess like the more that i think about it i've read several things that would be considered paranormal but yeah i don't know yeah Go ahead with the synopsis. Okay. I'm anxious to get to these questions. of lots of words. Question two. Yeah. You texted me yeah, yesterday. Yeah, question you two. me yesterday. It just said question two with exclamation points. I was like, I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> synopsis. <clears throat> Florence Day has given up on love after her long-term live-in boyfriend completely steals all her stories of her life and publishes them in a book that he wrote. Asshole. The problem yeah. with giving up on love is that's... Florence's job. Florence is a ghostwriter for a hella famous romance novelist, and she is on a deadline. When she meets with her new editor, Ben Andor, and asks for an extension armed only with a welcome, welcome to the team cactus, she receives a pretty prickly response. This is what I did there. Cactus prickly. I got that. That was a good one. That was very punny. (laughs) Later that night, well, out with her roommate and best friend Rose, she runs into both her ex and the and her editor. While running away from said ex, she runs into Ben and they make out because, of course, they do. Why wouldn't you make out in the galley with your editor that you've only just met that morning? Mid Duh, kiss that you very awkwardly gave a cactus to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mid kiss, Florence receives a call that the worst has happened. Her lo- beloved father has died suddenly. Florence is forced to go home to her small town where her family owns the funeral home and she once solved a mystery with the help of a ghost. Oh yeah, Florence sees dead people. (laughs) Just like her dad did. The book takes a really weird turn because that wasn't already weird enough. When Florence opens the door to her family's funeral home to reveal the ghost of none other than her editor and most recent makeout partner, Ben Andor. Florence must help Ben solve whatever is keeping him from eternal rest, survive his, her family and small town gossip, and grieve her father she so deeply loved. The big question seems to have the big big question she seems to have is why the hell is Ghost Ben here? Appear to why does he appear to be changing and in pain? And why is he disappearing to who knows where? Oh, and and also, can she really have true love forever with a ghost who can't? touch her that's that's this book question number two yeah (laughs) (laughs) you want to start with number one (laughs) go ahead lay it on me (laughs) 
So first, I, I already said this, but I picked this book because Ashley Poston wrote the Once Upon a Con series. I really liked that. I saw the cover at work. It was on the new book section, section um, like in the summer, I think. And I was like, oh, this yeah. would be probably good. And this would be a good pod book. So I actually bought the book and it's been in my TBR for since then. Um, so what did you think of this book in Ashley Poston's writing style? So this is my first introduction with her. I haven't read anything. I've heard of Geekarella, but I've never read anything. Um, it was okay. Like, I feel like we could have wrapped it up sooner. Yeah. Um, how many pages is it? It's like just under, yeah, 344. I think this story could have been told in about 200 pages. Yeah. Um, it was a relatively quick read. Um, it took me like two days. Um, but that's, it was a little bit longer for me just because I was, I was involved in another book that I am really enjoying. And Listen I to her talk one. about how it took her so long because it was two days. Yeah. But I think overall, and, you know, we've talked about this before when we talked about Bridgerton, like if you're here for romance, yeah, then you're here for romance. I don't feel like this book mm -mm. fell into that. Like with Bridgerton, if you want bodice ripper, brushing of the hands, all of that, Bridgerton delivered. Yeah. This book, I don't think was in the same category, even though they were both considered romance. Like I, it just, that didn't, I didn't got this, get the same like yeah. heaving bosoms thing with this one as I did with Bridgerton. So. I, I actually think that the sexiest part of this book when was when Ben ghost Ben was describing to her yeah. what he wanted to do to her. Yeah. Not like 200 pages in. Not yeah. <laughs> spoiler when they actually kiss like to me i was just right. like eh, by that point i thought the beginning was really funny i was literally laughing out loud at work while i was reading. yeah and i thought the yeah. ending although predictable it gave me the satisfaction that i was looking for like that's obviously mm -hmm. the happy ending that you come to romances for but the middle really yeah. drug on and that was just so long so long yeah for yeah sure. For sure. And I have to agree, like when you texted me and you're like, oh, I'm not 100% on board or, you know, I was like, oh, because I thought the beginning was funny. I loved the mm -hmm. introduction of the characters. I loved meeting the family mm -hmm. and learning like all of that. But then I was like, oh, OK, I see where she's like not feeling this because it just yeah. took forever. Like get to the let's go. Like, go. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like Florence started out as this one as a person that like I felt like I knew her as a character. And then mm -hmm. I felt like that she didn't end up living up to what that character was. She went from being like a fairly confident person to like not. And maybe that has to do with yeah. like you can't ever go home. Right. So when you yeah. do, like I feel like that when I come back to the field, I'm like a little kid yeah. again, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if the writing was <laughs> It wasn't up to the caliber of Once Upon a Con. And I don't know yeah. if that's because this is the first time that she's written an adult book. Um, mm -hmm. Or if it's because I'm comparing this to like other books that I'm, you know, like smutty books that I read regularly. Mm -hmm. Like this one, I'm currently reading the second Olivia Dade book, All the Feels. Yeah. Like I, if I find it in the romance section and it's closed door, it doesn't belong there. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. It's a romantic story. It's not a romance novel. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. 
and just put it yeah it don't it don't need to have the little heart like our library does the little heart yeah and the little dragons for fantasies and the little spaceship for sci-fi i'd have just left it blank we yeah. do too probably they look <laughs> so. exactly the same because um we all pretty much use the same vendor <laughs> see i didn't know that yeah, yeah there's I did like have to go one, to huh sorry Go ahead. No, There's go ahead. like really one vendor for like library supplies and they are hella, hella expensive because <laughs> you can charge whatever they want. Them. Yeah. I did have to go. So the county that I live in has like six libraries mm -hmm. and we always go to the main one. One, because it's the closest. Mm -hmm. Two, because I love the librarians there. That's where we took the girls. Like their children's librarian, his name is Mr. George. I literally follow his Facebook page. Oh, I love Mr. George. Like shout out he to is Mr. Such George. Huge shout out to Mr. George. Like we used to fangirl at story time. So mm -hmm. he was behind me at CVS and I like turned around and I was like, are you Mr. George? <laughs> and he was like, yes. And I'm like, my kids are teenagers, but we used to come like every Wednesday to story time and we love you. And he was like, thanks i'm like please don't be picking up a prescription for like syphilis or something because like we just love mr george but oh anywho <laughs> yeah so anywho so all these libraries we normally go the big one this one was at this the brand new one like brands uh -huh. new they did the ribbon cutting like last week i was so disappointed in the new library no it was i know so it's two stories it's like it's got a ton of light in it, but it is arranged so horribly. And I was like, I am so disappointed. Yes. Like, I'm so glad it's not our main library, yes. but I was like. <laughs> so I feel like it. that happens so much because the people that know what the library needs are not the people that do the money. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. So yeah. Um, a library where I worked previously, um, we didn't even have programming space at all. At yeah, all. there was none there. Like I couldn't see like where they would have story time yep. or just like had a to teen do it in area out and yeah. everything. And uh, additionally, there was no second exit from the children's room, which is a huge mm. safety issue. So we had yeah. like first, uh, we had like a whole bunch of like you know active shooter training, and I was yeah. like, so do like the kids and I just die in the kids' room? Yeah, since there's no way out, do we just do we just die? Yeah, so they like looked at here. trying to have a second door put in, but like an exterior door would have been ten thousand dollars because they'd have to cut a hole in the brick. So it would have been cheaper. To Ain't do nobody, it. no library is gonna have that money. No. They're and, not gonna be like, oh sure, for a door. Right. Yeah. And it would be cheaper to do an interior one that would have gone into a different part of the library, but it never has happened. So there's still just one exit. Now the library That's where I work now, the children's room has uh two exits. We have yeah, there's a there's a a back exit that's through my office so yeah our, our main library that we go and that i took the kids to the children's section is huge uh -huh. it's probably one of the biggest that i've ever seen it's got like a play area and then a ton of books and space and then they have a whole program room that's yeah. right off the children's and it's got two entrances so they you can do adult problem programs like you can come in from the lobby uh -huh. or you can come in through the children's section and that. there's like um projection screens and all kinds of stuff like i i re do genuinely like just adore our library that's it's, awesome and all of our librarians and the staff and everything there they're great so i okay, like sorry i like the space where i'm working now i like the library where i'm working now but um 
it does have issues. I mean, every library does. Every job has issues. Our, our ceilings yeah. are too high. And so the kids, when they scream in the kids department, because they do, you can hear mm-hmm. it throughout the whole library because even though our ceilings are really high, our walls and doors don't go up all the way. Yeah. So there's, you can just hear the kids everywhere. Um, but we're actually getting an expansion that's supposed to start at the end of summer reading and they're putting programming space inside our room and my space is doubling. It's going to be awesome. Fun. I know. I'm so excited. My department's worked really hard. We've uh, seen so many people come in for programming and uh, we are the second busiest library in our system, second only to our downtown location, which, I mean, it's a massive library. So us being that. second Yay. when we're like half the size, it's like crazy. All That's right. Great. So back to the book. Sorry. Yeah. As Molly and I always say, we're 30 minutes in and we haven't done anything. <laughs> We talked about one thing and we've done the synopsis and we've talked to the first question. Yeah. So here's the second question. All right. So what the fuck is going on in this book? What the fuck is this book? Like, I just, too many things. Like, pick a lane. So my biggest beef, I think, I have a couple beefs. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost. Okay. I can ring for you. I do. No. Yes. Okay. So first bell ringer. Not everybody moves to New York City mm-hmm. from a small town. Yes. Some Thank of you. us go from a small town to a comparable town. And guess what? We're still happy. Yeah. And we still have a fulfilled life. Right. And we still have to go back home. Right. And the things that we go to back home are still the shit we have to go to back home. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Like... Not everybody moves to New York City right. and has these publishing careers. Like sometimes we just move a little bit away, but you still have the back home issues. Like back home issues are back home yeah. issues. Everybody has those in their life. Just because you moved to New York and you wear all black and you think you're amazing and you drink $40 cocktails. Right. Everybody has back home issues. Right. Like seriously. Um, so that's my first bell ringer. My next one, this is a. Lots of bells. Lots of bells. I love diversity and inclusion. That is a big proponent for uh-huh. me. I love hearing about different characters. I love seeing different characters in the book. Uh-huh. But there has to be a reason that they're there. Yeah. Like, not just don't just randomly. Not to have your have... token white kid or black kid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why do you have the token non-binary yeah. innkeeper? Yeah. What What is that person bringing to that story? Yeah. Because it really just feels fake and forced. Like, yeah. I want to see inclusion because those people are important to our everyday life. So they need to be important to our everyday stories. Like if, if you're just going to have a story, just have a story. Like don't just randomly include Dana because Dana's non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. Like I thought, I was like, this is so, this was dumb. I felt like the reason that they were included was because they married her high school sweetheart. And so it was supposed to be like that tie to her life. But they didn't really get to do anything that mattered. No. There were so many Make rum and cokes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and I think it was also to show us that this town is like accepting of everyone. I mean. Except her that could talk to the ghost. Right. She's the only one that they ran out. Right. Like they're accepting of the non-binary person. They're accepting of her gay brother and his partner. But she's the black sheep. And I kind of got that Elvis might have been. 
gay too. Like he's a yeah, he's like a gay Elvis impersonator. I don't know if that was Elviso. Yeah, 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 that was funny. But yeah, that was my beef. Was like I'm I'm all for diversity and inclusion, but make their stories matter. Right. Don't just have them there because they're there. Right. Because then it feels very like Disney. Oh, token black friend kind of thing. Right. So yeah. Right. It's like the uh, books that I always weed from collections where it's like, we need to make sure we put a black kid on every so many pages. We need to put a Mm -hmm. wheelchair here. And those kids don't actually have anything to do with the story. Like, it's great to have representation, but like, make those characters matter. Give them a life. Because they are a part of our lives right. and a part of their lives. And they are main characters on their own, too. Right. Like, my kids are always be like, oh, I'm having a main character moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's their own main character. Right. But, like, they have to have some value, too. Or they are just, like, what is it? The non-NPC yeah, or whatever. The, the non Non-playable yeah, character. That's what, the, that's what those characters felt like mm-hmm. to me. And I was like, it literally made no difference on this story i agree for those npcs i agree and so one of my passions as a children's librarian is uh inclusive books kids need to see themselves in books and one of the things we talk about is like mirrors kids need to see Mm -hmm. themselves in the books but it is equally important to me that kids that are um cisgender and Mm -hmm. straight and white and male see people Mm -hmm. of color non-binary um families that are different than theirs and that those characters are not doing things that we stereotypically associate with them so the black kids don't just need to play basketball why can't the black kids be on the academic bowl team why is that such a weird concept it shouldn't right. be. Maybe an Asian kid can play basketball. Right. Instead of being on the academic bowl team. Right. Yeah. Maybe there's a gay football player. Right. Not in the theater group. Right. Like, this is life. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Maybe we have a gay a set of gay parents who volunteer for PTO. Right. Because that's what they do. Right. Maybe there's a set of lesbian moms who are pissed off about their taxes because that's life that's normal like, they just that's, that's normal like we don't have to exactly like we don't have to make it just to have them there like right it's just yeah yeah so i felt was, like yeah. i felt like the concept of this book was like so clever i just don't think the execution yeah. was there like to me the exactly. idea that this family is sort of like the adams family of the small town in the south and she's like the kooky wednesday adams type that like communes with ghosts like um yeah. and she still sees them but like, then her sister's the goth yeah. like that just pissed me off right. like don't make her the goth then if she's not the one seeing the ghost so and she doesn't yeah. want to see them anymore like after she was made fun of and kind of bullied out of town i'm um, like she even sees yeah. them in new york city and she doesn't engage with them anymore see and that's just a shame like if you're have that spiritual plane open and like people are coming to you Mm -hmm. it is your duty to like guide people and help them like don't be that person that shuts that down that's not cool like yeah i think that my issue with like books with ghosts is that i don't really believe in ghosts so i find them more far-fetched than something like vampires i don't believe in vampires either i think that there are spiritual beings um Uh but i don't think that 
what I personally believe is that when you die, there is an afterlife and you don't linger Mm -hmm. anywhere. Mm -hmm. You go to that Mm -hmm. afterlife. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, again, spoiler, it doesn't, didn't feel like, Oh, of course he's still alive. Like I was like, yeah, because right. he was still hanging on. Like there were plenty right. of signs. Yeah. So I think I have to like respectfully fuck you. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that respectfully you said. I don't know that you fuck can. you. So I have been a nurse twenty one years. Uh-huh. Okay, twenty one years. Two thousand and two is when I graduated with my nursing degree. I have been with a lot of people uh-huh. when they have died. Uh huh. You can sense someone's being and, or I can, I don't know if everybody can, Uh my dad can, we've talked about it. And I've always been able to tell like patients that have been comatose or patients that are getting close when they are gone and when it is just their shell. Uh So I don't know if that's, I don't think of it as ghost. I think of it as a spiritual being Uh like that, but I have felt patients still there and waiting, waiting for something where for, you know, their, their physical being has passed. Uh-huh. They, their heart has stopped. Their breathing has stopped. We have declared time of death and they are still there. They are waiting for somebody or something. And I have felt them leave. And it's, it's never been uncomfortable for me. Uh-huh. I've never felt like tense or like, Oh my God, there's boogeyman. Like it's never been like that. When my grandfather's second wife died like I told we were sitting there with my mom and I was like oh she's getting ready to go and my mom's like what are you talking about I was like she's gonna go like I can feel it It, you know just the whole it just changes like the Uh energy in the room changes and I said oh okay she's gone and then she died like it wasn't bad it wasn't it just was it just what it is Uh so I think like I I don't think there's just like, I don't think it's a black and white. I don't think it's a curtain that you're either in front of or behind. You will be eventually. And some people do need more time to work through it. And and honestly, all the deaths that I've experienced have been in a hospital. Uh-huh. Like I've never been with somebody in a home when they've passed away or anything like that. But I don't think it's a, a front stage, backstage thing. So. Uh-huh. Well, we, I am okay with disagreeing with you on that. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I am not offended. <laughs> that was the most respectful fuck you ever. <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I have just always felt that way, but I do believe in spiritual beings. Like I 100% believe in that. Um, and my yeah. husband actually sees uh spiritual beings and auras and he's been able to be like Mm -hmm. like we have a friend a mutual friend that he's like hey tell me when she announces that she's pregnant i was like they're not she's not pregnant they're not pregnant i don't even Mm -hmm. think they're trying again um Uh and then like a month later she found out she was pregnant and i was like how did you know and he's like i saw the second spirit in her i knew open and receptive to it too. yeah yeah so i mean i hope he doesn't mind me sharing that I don't know. That's super cool. I, think I, I would so. fist bump him. I think it's yeah. really cool. We've had a lot yeah. of conversations about it. So, um, well, and I think it just like, it's not just 
so there's a difference between religion and spirit spirituality. I think you and I have talked about yeah. that and we both, and I think it is on a completely different plane too, but I think it emphasizes your connection to your religious being. Mm -hmm. Like when you have that faith and you have that comfort, knowing then that on the spiritual plane, you know, you can help patients go to, or people go to their next yeah. plane yeah. spiritually and religiously. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that did not really answer the question about what the fuck. Is this book. <laughs> no, what the fuck is this book? Though? I don't know. I do think that it started out to be one thing and then didn't end up being that. I think she had this mm -mm. concept for this like weird kooky family and there was going to be a ghost guy who wasn't a ghost guy, but it yeah. sort of reminded me of like, <clears throat> while you've been sleeping even though yeah. she wasn't like going and visiting him in a coma, it was like, yeah. barely know this guy and you are in love with him and he's a ghost. Like, I had a total beef with that at the end when they were like, I love you. Right. And she even says it. She doesn't know his favorite color. Right. She doesn't know his favorite food. Like you can't like, that's such bullshit. Like it was like, Oh, we're getting towards the end page count. Let's wrap this up and make it all a happy ending because that's what everybody came for. And it was just a throwaway. Although so. I do watch love is blind, which is pretty much the same thing. We don't know anything about each other. But we're in love. <laughs> you know, what bothered me about the end? What really got this for me? I absolutely hated that. He went with her to go back to the wedding. Just, like you, you just spent like, a week in a coma. You're just now getting back to work. They and haven't you're just actually seen like, oh, each yes. other in person for like a couple months at that point. And it's like, yeah. we love each other. We're just going to go to the wedding together. No. Yeah. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Did you watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Uh, bits and pieces of it. So yeah. There's an episode where Lily gets really mad about Ted bringing random girls to like big events because mm – -hmm she makes scrapbooks and then she's like who's this bitch like why is this bitch included yeah. <laughs> like, to me they have been dating a hot second and he's showing up at her brother's wedding and then i'm gonna be like who's this bitch like why why you bring right? him like you he isn't gonna be in the family photos like and there is like no polite way to say could you not be in the picture right like there's no, no way there is no polite way to say that no because no. somebody's getting yeah. offended and somebody's uh -huh. getting feelings hurt. Like, honestly, yep. I would, if I were the person, I would, I would be like, no, I don't want to be included. Yeah. Because. I'll just stay over here and hold drinks. Yeah. yeah. What can I do yeah. that I'm not featured? In like, how can mm -hmm. I assist? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want. And it's, and even that, I'm not saying that to be like offensive to the person that I'm like dating, but like, what if we don't work out? <laughs> like, Right. Yeah, then I'm in your brother's weddings pictures. Yeah, and can we talk about the fact that they had a wedding at a funeral home? I yeah, just, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Like, there's no... No. Uh -uh. There's no coming back from that. I was no. just like, I can't believe this. Is they crazy. had all so. that beautiful land outside, too, that they talk about. Right? Why didn't they do it out there? It's just, just weird. They had just a whole like second more, house. Like, they didn't have to do it at the funeral home. What the hell? Right. They didn't even live there. They could and have like, done it at the uh, um, bed and breakfast where she was staying. Right. With the weird 
non-binary character who was just there. Was they just could have there. integrated that whole story. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and add rum and coke. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. Same page. Same page. Same page. Okay. So Florence is experiencing an absolutely devastating time in her life. Her love life has been shattered, shattered. Her ability to write has shattered her ability to write and her father's death has shattered the rest of her. But then there is Ben. So is Ben's presence a help or a burden to Florence's grief? I think it's a help. I, I think like, if not, she would have been just like rolling along on her own. She, you know, I wish that they would have fleshed out more the story between her and her sister. Yeah. Because either of her siblings would have been nice. Either of her siblings would have been nice. Yeah. But like, why did, why is your sister so pissed at you just because you moved away and then she had to fight your battles or was there more? And like, why are you not mourning with that person who had a very similar relationship to your dad? Like when something like, when my father-in-law passed away, my husband and his one sister have not like bonded for a long time, but they were able to go back to that because they had had that Right. As a youth. So like, why would you go to some rando Ben to get you through that and right. not your sister? But then that was the character building that the author decided to go with. Right. So, yeah. I feel like he was a distraction to that story. And and maybe yeah. that is what her grief needed was a distraction because we all grieve in different ways. But mm-hmm. the story of this family has nothing to do with the story of Ben the ghost. None. And it felt very forced to try to make these mm-hmm. stories work together because they just don't work yeah. together. They don't. Right. You could it have had like, a story about this family yes. that dad is the, you know, patriarch. Everyone loves him. He's loved, beloved by the community and he dies. You could have had that story. And that is women's fiction, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. I don't really like that term, but it we'll just call it that. <clears throat> then you could have a story with a ghost who you fall in love with but putting them together just didn't work two separate stories yeah two separate stories yeah and i feel like this is the point that molly would insert but the editor but i'm gonna say this to you molly because i know you're listening because i'm making you listen to this episode before it goes live (laughs) it's not always the editor that's the problem (laughs) sometimes it's just the story yeah it's just the story the whole thing is just shit. Sometimes it's not the editor. Right. So. right. And in this the case, is like- the editor is Ben and he's part of the problem. So right. again, yeah. <laughs> so Sometimes the editor is just like, I don't fucking know. Just publish it. Just print it. Yeah. <laughs> like, is their typos or commas where they're supposed to be? Fuck it. Just print. I'm done. <laughs> and this was actually a Good Morning America book club book. I didn't even know they I had a... That. I didn't even know they had a book club. So. I watched the first, like, three minutes of Good Morning America just to get the headlines, and then I switched, because I can't stand the drivel sometimes. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. even know they had a book club, so, I mean, you know... All right, so Florence has a younger brother and a younger sister. So what did you think about the whole family vibe? I know that you said that you wanted more with the relationships. I did, for sure. Um, I think families, especially families in grief, give you a whole different dynamic to every story. And I really felt like the author did not do justice to the the roles and to the relationships within that family. Like, 
the dad obviously was very proud of Florence and, you know, but he was also very proud of his other kids too. Right. Like his, like Alice, she went and has like a forensic degree and all of that. And right. they just kind of like glossed over it. And then they like completely glossed over um, the brother. And I can't think of his name. I don't remember. Um, Carver. Um, but no, was that the... I'll try to look. See, and that's another beef I have. There was like 15 different characters. Like uh, the Carver. caretaker. Yeah. Carver. Yeah. Um, but Carver had like this big tech degree. And then like, I felt like the guy who ran the inn or not the inn, ran the funeral home or something. Seaburn, who was the mayor he, dogs. Yeah. He ran the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, and the I, like all these yes. extra characters. The I was like, who is this was now? The so, mayor. Yeah, elected twice. Yeah, so I just feel like there was two different stories here, and she didn't know how to reconcile yes. them in her mind. Yeah, and I, I wanted more of the family. I wanted more relationships between the brothers and the sisters, yeah. and them as a relationship dealing with the grief grief of their right. father dying very suddenly dying too. It, he wasn't sick, right. you know, like. But he so, didn't yeah. have the best um, health conscience conscious life because yeah. he was a smoker and a heavy drinker and he, so I mean he was stressful job right and, yeah so yeah so this book either needed to be set in New York City and it was a love story like one last stop although no sex mm -hmm. on a subway because I can't never mm -mm. I can't. not enough Purell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a small town romance where the girl comes home and it's like a Hollywood or um, a Hallmark movie, but it yes. can't be both. <laughs> Pick a lane. Can't be both. Pick a lane. Yeah. Can't be both. Um, all right. Uh, Florence's dad left a really strange list for his funeral. Florence is determined to get everything he wanted by herself. What do you think about the entire town bringing flowers to the funeral? So I loved that. Um, that was like the one part of the list that I actually liked because people don't, you know, in smaller towns, they don't realize how impactful mm -hmm. someone like the mortician is. Mm -hmm. And we live in a relatively small town, uh -huh. um, closer, you know, closer adjacent to a little bit of a bigger town. But the family that owns one of the bigger mortuaries that, you know, it's a very common name around here. So, you know, all right. the Rodmans, you know, all the Snyders. So that's integral for that community to grieve right. the loss of this man that has probably touched all of their lives. Everybody has somebody that's died. And, right. you know, like when the mom said, no, we're doing these two funerals before we do dad's because it was what this family needed. Mm -hmm in their grief right. so then it was nice for the community to come back and be like now we you know we're sharing your grief and we're helping you with this i did like that part i didn't the crows yeah they were I supposed to understand the, the significance like they she can see the ghosts she can talk to the ghosts mm -hmm. why would they be there in crow form like i was like this is the so dumb i don't like, know why are we yeah i didn't get it either um i kept thinking about the town the small town that we're from in ohio Mm -hmm. There are like two major funeral homes that I can think of. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of them, the one that's downtown that like they have the like mm -hmm. the lions heads and things. Do you know yep. what I'm talking about? I cannot think for the life of mm -hmm. me what it's called. Um, they yeah. have buried like every person that I've ever known. Like everyone in my family, yeah. like all of almost every funeral I've been to, that's where we've gone. And um yep. 
I can remember very clearly. And this kept, I kept like thinking about this while I was reading this book, because this is my relationship to a funeral home and a funeral director. Um, the same people, it's the same family that's done it and people marry mm -hmm. in, but they stay and continue to mm -hmm. do this work. And I mean, mm -hmm. I think people think it's creepy and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do think it's like a creepy profession, but it's such a needed one. Um, and mm -hmm. what you really need is someone that like can care for you and your grief and knows like, these are the things that need to be done because you don't, yep. you don't have the mindset to do that. So yep. because they've done all the funerals, they did my grandmother's funeral um, and she died mm -hmm. rather suddenly. Um, and it was devastating for me. Um, and I didn't really get to be part of the process of planning her funeral, but it was the same mm -hmm. people that were there when my grandfather passed away um, a few years mm -hmm. later and uh, they came to the home because he died. Uh, he was on hospice at home and died at home. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, they came to like retrieve his body and all those things. And like just seeing them again was one very hard because then I'm taken mm -hmm. back to like, other people dying particularly my grandmother mm -hmm. but it was also almost relief because i knew mm -hmm. these people know how to care for our family mm -hmm. and yeah. so um and like we did grow up in a small town i mean i know that you live in a smaller town now but relatively we yeah. grew up in a small town we're from ohio mm -hmm. so i mean every town there's a small town except for like columbus and cleveland and cincinnati right so, everything else everything else yeah. is small um but yeah, yeah. so I, I, I could picture this funeral home very well because that yeah. was my attachment. Like you do want same. that same people, those same people to handle all yeah. of your uh, loved ones after they've passed. So yeah. agreed. And it's kind of like, it's comfort in knowing that the details are going to be taken care of because yeah. it's somebody who does it every day. Like yeah. that's why, yeah, that I thought the same thing about the family too. Yeah. So, and my yeah. grandparents were those like plan ahead types. So they already had everything yeah. planned out, um, much like her dad did. Um, yeah. yeah. They already had their plots purchased and their headstones purchased. Although Mansfield Cemetery had changed some rules. So we had to do some changing out. And, but, you know, it was pretty much the same. Um, yeah. And uh, my grandfather really wanted to have like military rights at his burial. Mm -hmm. Um, and we yeah. had no idea how to do any of that. And they were just like, oh no, we know who to contact. Don't worry about it. We yep. got it. Yep. And they were just yep. there. That's Steve's dad. Yeah. Yep. What'd you say? <laughs> when his dad, when Steve's dad passed away, they had pre-planned their funeral. Yeah. Him, his mother, his mom's still living. Um, but it took us like 20 minutes yeah. to like, she, he like literally went through and confirmed everything. And we were like, okay, well, what about like the people that have played taps? And he's like, oh, we'll take care of that. We have like a list of people yeah. that we call. And it's like, they have the ones that served in Vietnam that'll do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Cause like, that was a big component that we wanted. Right. So yeah. yeah. Was, um, which, but by that's, the way, but that's their job. Right. Like right. to do that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. It is. Um, but it doesn't mean you yeah. can't appreciate it. Like it's my job to find kids books, True. but I still love it when they appreciate that I do. Amen. Amen. I mean, yeah. you have the life-saving job, which is like obviously more important, but I'm not going to be so self-righteous to be like books are going to save lives, but they might make lives better. Listen, nobody, no physician, no nurse, nobody in healthcare ever got to where they are without reading a book. Well, and if a librarian hadn't been there... Still, unless they, I mean, go Florida, get your nursing license off the internet, but still they, they had to read something. Girl, Google that. Anywho. Yeah. Well, Florida is currently allowing military spouses to be teachers. 
they don't have to have any sort of <laughs> I can't. <laughs> All right, so. We say in the Alexander House, Florida man, whenever somebody <laughs> does something. Given that stupid. my husband is from Florida, we have oh, lots of buddy. conversations about Florida. <laughs> I love that. I didn't realize that. Well, he was, he was born in Texas, um, and then he moved to Florida when he was nine. Um, his father is a geologist, and he went to study sinkholes instead of oil. So he did oil well, in Texas and sinkholes in Florida. And um, yeah, so he moved. With the- I feel like Tom is the anti-Florida man, though. I feel like he's very logical. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. He is so logical that we've had arguments in which I go, I can't fight with you if you're going to be so rational. <laughs> He's like, exactly. I don't, I don't know what, I don't yeah. know what to do. So Ben is dead or he might be dead. Were you surprised at the real reveal that he was actually in a coma? Nope. So when she started talking about how he was changing mm-hmm. and his like coat was mussed up and his hair was mussed up, I was like, oh, he ain't dead. Yeah. And then when he started disappearing, I was like, yeah, he's having like, He's in the ICU somewhere. And so then as soon as I read that, I like flipped back in the book to where Rose told her that he was hit by a car. And I was like, nowhere in there did she say he died. Right. She just said he was hit by a car. Right. So I was like, he's not dead. Right. Yeah. So um, have you ever seen um, the movie um, The Rear Window or the movie um, A Beautiful Mind? Either of those. I've seen A Beautiful Mind, but it's been a long time ago. Okay, so... I've never seen Rear Window. Okay, so in both of those movies, um, the ghosts... In one, it's a ghost, and in one, it's um, figments of his uh, schizophrenia. They don't Mm -hmm. don't change. They don't get older. They don't change clothes. Mm -hmm. Nothing about them changes. So when he started changing, I was like, this guy is not a ghost. Mm -mm. He's an ICU. I figured yeah. he was in a coma too. I figured that out pretty early yep. on, actually. And you and so Molly both my... texted both texted me when you found out that he was a ghost and were like, he's dead? Both of you did. And I was just like, he's not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> my oldest is like super fashionista and she always says, if I'm going to die... This is what I'm, you know, these are my ghost clothes wear for the rest of my life. Exactly. She's like, I'm not going to go in my ghost clothes in like my cozy pants and my hoodie. Like, I'm not leaving this house. That's a so solid, that's so. a solid decision. <laughs> yep. So she's ready for her ghost clothes at any moment's notice. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, how do you feel about the reveal that Ben remembered his time with Florence while he was in a coma? That they were, they were having this this he was actually happening it was actually happening i'm glad he did because i got a little pissy when the email exchange occurred i was like what the fuck you don't remember that because i've had patients in the icu wake up and say i don't remember everything but i remember hearing your voice i remember my mom sitting there so like the the consciousness is still there so no i 100 percent believe that people who are in comas who are unconscious that they can that they can hear and sense what's yeah, happening around yeah. them. 
And I would always talk to my patients and like that were sedated or whatever. I would always be like, okay, we're going to turn you yeah. or, okay, you're going to feel me touching. Like, yeah. cause I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be in this dark space and not hear somebody right. talk to me. So, right. Yeah. And whether they remember all of it or not, I mean, you don't remember all of your dreams. So, right. but listen, if, if it's scientifically proven that plants grow better because they're talked to, then humans can definitely hear what's happening when they're in comas. Word. They're fucking yep. plants. They're plants. <laughs> that was all the questions I have. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I gave it three on Goodreads. What did you give it? I think what I see. I oh, I thought you gave it four. Um, I no, I went back in and revised it because like the more that I sat on it. So I am working on my Goodreads evaluations. Uh -huh. I have a really hard time reading people low. Because I, I feel like you did put the, yeah, yours are, yours are kind of savage. <laughs> so but but yes. you're a librarian. You're allowed to be, yeah, you're allowed to be like, this was shit. Um, I am always like, but you tried so hard. Like you, I know you worked on this book for like a while yeah. and like somebody has enough faith in you to publish it. And apparently, you know, Good Morning America liked it. So, but I'm like, okay, you can't. Like, you can't be like that because not every book is good. There are some real shit books out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I also gave it a three out of five. For me, yeah. it was the beginning and the end that made it. I could have just done without the middle. The middle was two different yep. stories. Yep. Yeah. And I do not like closed door um, romances. Like, if I'm reading closed door romance, it needs to be YA. Like, adult yeah. books should be... There should be Spicy. large penises that are inexplicably large. <laughs> exactly. There should be <laughs> tiny girls for some reason. I'm okay with the girls being mm -hmm. plus size, but apparently they have to have inexplicably large penises. <laughs> All the time. All the time. It always has to be like a Coke can. Like, so, why can't yeah. we just have normal penises in these books? Like, Normalize normal penises. Right. Normalize normal penises. Right, right. Yeah. They're, 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 they're fine. Okay. We don't need these they're big great. penises that don't fit. Like it's fine. <laughs> Have you seen the TikTok where the chick actually measures like 12 inches? No. Oh my gosh. She's like, oh my gosh. Let me see. I don't have a tape measure. I don't have a ruler or anything. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah. Like literally measure 12 inches oh. right now while we're sitting here. Oh, I thought I did. I, I'm at my crafting desk, so you would think I would. Oh, here we go. Yeah. All right, here. So my paper trimmer. My paper trimmer is... Yeah. So 12 inches is from here to here. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that for a minute, ladies. Yeah. I don't know why you would want that. <laughs> no. Like, logistically, it just... Yeah. It doesn't sound like yeah. it would be satisfying. It sounds like it would hurt. <laughs> it's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> I would be like, I I see your 12 inches and I raise you. We're just going to get a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, mm, can you just. My vagina no, says you. no. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Wanna, on that note can i share with everybody what the rest of this month is gonna look like yes please so because molly is sick we're having to switch some things around because we have reading that we have to finish before we go to the con because we want to respect the authors that are giving us their time so yes. um 
next week, uh, it will be a shortened episode. I assume it will be short. I don't know how long my husband and I can talk, really. Um, in which Tom is going to give you his take on the book that we covered last week, which is The Nature of Witches. And then we're going to talk about Ooh. our lives. And I don't, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, to be honest. It's basically oh, going to be banter of husband and wife. And I love this. Uh, my husband's really great. I, we have a lot of fun together. So you'll get to see the dynamic. And we actually made some TikTok videos yesterday um, together. So there'll be some of that that'll come out at the same time. Fun. Um, yeah, he's pretty great. He's very handsome. If he could get rid of his beard, I would be much happier. But just cut it. it's too long. It goes down to his belly button. It goes down. He's one step from Gandalf. It's like Rip Van Winkle beard. Like I've been hiding in the hills for 800 years. Uh, I'm not saying anything he doesn't already know that I feel. So it's not like, right. which is good because he's our editor in case you didn't know that. There you go. Um, yeah. And then we are going to wrap out the month with this book, which is called The Last Chance Library by Freya Sampson. And um, this is uh, a book that takes place in a library, obviously. And the last week of this month is actually National Library Week. So that's actually why I picked this. Um, it, this book is a supposed to be a celebration of libraries but i couldn't tell you because i haven't read it yet um it also is a romance book so um there's that too uh but i don't think anybody fucks in the stacks and if they do i just want to tell everyone that is not sanitary please don't fuck in the stacks mm -mm. nope there's just so much do you know that we can get bed bugs in the library don't fuck in the library okay <laughs> don't do it <laughs> subways libraries no, all not places are just not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. We frequently have people who do not have uh, secured housing that are bathing in our bathrooms. Do not fuck in the library, okay? It's just, don't do it. Just don't do it. It's a no for me, dog. It's like it's me. there ain't nothing sexy about bed bugs. Nothing. Nothing. Well, Katie, mm -hmm. thank you so much for doing this. I can't believe that I'm going to see you in a few weeks. I'm so excited. And girl, I've got that jumpsuit thing. And Molly said yes. that she would zip me up after the bathroom. So I'm going to wear it. Cool. <laughs> Good. Do it. You looked cute in it. Yes. Thank you. I'm I am probably going to do jeans and a t-shirt because that's where I live. Well, we're all going to do jeans and the book besties t-shirts for yes. the con. But the swanky author thing, Molly and I got into invited to a swanky like author meet it's for the authors and we got invited we don't know how we manage that but we might get to see because you're big girl podcasters yeah that's why yeah <laughs> i don't know anyway all right so we're gonna go because we're all over an hour i don't know how we managed to do that because this book was not that good <laughs> it's all right all right <laughs> till right. next time everybody bye bye Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of April and Katie, not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. This episode featured honorary book bestie, Nurse Katie. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, www.bookbestiespodcast.com.
Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.